Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Glad you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this cold, cold Sunday evening in November. Rory and Kieran here with you until 7 o'clock with a lot to get through over the next hour. We're going to talk to the more Rangers after their win today in the Munster semi-final. What's going to discuss Sarah Oak's defeat at the same stage in the intermediate grade. Uh, going to talk to the Cork Minor Camogie team after their win in the Munster final today. Going to talk to Melissa Duggan after she picked up her first All-Star. And we're going to look ahead to Ireland and Denmark. I've woken up this morning with the uh, the butterfly with the boots on this morning. It's, it's the day before the big game. Butterfly with the boots on. We'll be talking about that and more on the Big Red Bench right here on Cork's Red FM. Have you ever had butterflies with boots on, Kieran? Um, I can't say I have. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what it means, but I think it means he's excited and nervous at the same time. Speaking of butterfly with boots, um, yeah. a goalkeeper over in Newton, Newton, I think, I can't remember the, the second name of the team. I tagged you in it on Twitter. Um, it was very Hagen-esque what he did. He took a penalty. Yeah. And, well, uh, it's not even taking penalty. He Well, what he did was he ran up, stopped the penalty taker, yeah, went to take the penalty himself, missed the goals, hit it up <laughs> into the roof of the stand, and knocked off the light. It was glorious. <laughs> it was something like that I could do it. Uh, <laughs> definitely, it was, it definitely, Haganesk was absolutely <laughs> fantastic stuff. Uh, it's also ten years almost to the day since uh, the Thierry, Thierry Henry handball incident. We are. I'm going to have a look back on that a little bit later on. And we'll hear from some of the figures who commented at the time. We'll hear from uh, Kevin Doyle and Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger, and uh, Roy Keane, who was uh, his usual bullish self at the time when he was the Ipswich manager. So we'll uh, discuss that a little bit later on in the show as well. Yeah, plenty of action today elsewhere in Gaelic games. Nemo, they're going to take on Clonmel Commercials in the Munster Senior Football Championship final. That's after they defeated Austin Sachs of Kerry today in the semi final. 217 to 5 points was how that finished. Uh, commercials defeated St. Joseph's of Milltown, 9 points to 7. That final going to take place in two no venue as of yet. You were saying either Limerick or Mallow, but probably Limerick. I'm I well looking at the semi final, it's uh, Kerry or sorry, the intermediate final, it's Kerry and Clare. Limerick would be an obvious choice and put four matches in or four teams in there, yeah. two matches, double header, decent crowd. Um it's very hard to get an atmosphere in the Gaelic rounds, even if you have almost monster championship, it's it's hard to get a, an atmosphere. But um that looks to be the logical one because there's no venue down for either of those games uh, as of yet so that's a strong possibility in two weeks mm-hmm. time but like that nothing has been confirmed yet um, disappointment for Aerog in that Munster Club Intermediate semi-final they lost out to Temple of Kerry who uh, have more Kerry players than any other club on their team uh, six or six. seven, I think. Yeah, they were very, very good today. We got our Ryan's thoughts now. Ryan was at the game for us earlier on today, so we get his thoughts on it. Later yeah, on. that finished one seventeen to twelve points in Oven St Brecon's uh, defeated Mikearki Boris of Tip twelve points to five in that other semi final in the Munster Minor Camogie final uh, celebrations for Cork. They've beaten Tipperary one fifteen to one eleven, creating a bit of history. Cork have won the under sixteen minor, uh, intermediate, and senior. Uh, Camogie Munster titles this year. That's incredible. Camogie's in a very strong state. Another Cork. one in there. Jerry Wallace. We speak to Jerry Wallace about that. He explains it. But um, it's massive. Yeah, fantastic win for a Cork minor team there. Although the All Ireland has already been played because they do it the other way around. In as Cork. you do, All Ireland comes before the provincial championship. In football, uh, the already qualified England. They're taking on. Uh, Kosovo at the moment in Group A of the European Championship qualifiers. Kosovo were holding out uh, quite a long time, but England have got a goal. There's 49 minutes gone. Um, England got a goal after 32 minutes through Harry Wings. Really, really nice goal as well, but uh, England are already qualified. Um, I'm not yeah. entirely sure how much effort they're putting into this, but that was a very, very nice goal for Harry Wings for his first goal for England. Yeah, elsewhere, Mick McCarthy is feeling now is the time to beat Denmark. His Republic of Ireland side know that a win over the Danes at the Aviva Stadium and we'll see them automatically qualify for uh, next year's Euro 2020 finals. It'll be the sixth time the two sides have met in two years. Denmark uh, brought Ireland's hopes of reaching the last World Cup to a, a crushing end with a 5-1 win mm. at the Aviva Stadium two years ago. McCarthy feels that history doesn't necessarily mean much in these situations. When people tell me that, oh, you haven't beaten somebody for so many times, well, 
I always believe it's about time we did. And I think that's, that's the, the mentality that I try and instill into everybody else. Just because it hasn't happened before doesn't mean it's not going to happen again. If I don't believe it, I might as well go home. And I'm not going home any time soon. We'll hear more from Mick a little bit later on, but he was in flying form in this morning's press conference. Um, but yeah, anticipation certainly building ahead of uh, tomorrow night's game at the Aviva Stadium, 7.45 kick-off time for that one. Yeah, certainly in basketball, uh, two Cork sides were in uh, Women's Super League action uh, today. Contrasting fortunes, Marie of Galway defeated Father Matthews 79-73, while single and Super Valley Brunel defeated IT Carroll 81-60. In rugby, it's been a successful opening weekend for the Irish provinces in the Heineken Champions Cup. Connacht beat Montpellier 23 points to 20 today at the sports ground. Massive win for them. Uh, tries from Paul Bur- Boyle, Tom McCartney and Quillen Blade made it four wins from four for the Irish sides. Northampton, they beat Lyon 25 points to 14. In nice the pronunciation. Thanks. I was in France in August and I just, you know. You picked up a bit of the. Uh, I did. Uh, Lyon. Lyon. Very nice. Marseille. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, Rassi 92, they uh, were taking on um, Saracens earlier on. Um, good win there as well for Rassi 92 over them. In tennis, Stefanos Tisbas. Tisbas. Uh, almost got it. Will become the first Greek to win the ATP finals if he can overcome Dominic Team this afternoon. That I, was just getting underway. I think it's City Pass. I think when it comes to uh, pronunciations, I'm not entirely sure of on the radio. If you say them confidently enough and quick <laughs> no, enough, no. that's the that's the key. It's it's when you doubt yourself is when you make the mistake. And then you start laughing at yourself on air, and then it's when you get texts from your friends going, "Ah, it's Daniel on the radio." So, yeah. so you corrected me just there. You didn't know yourself. Uh, yeah, I think I. I yeah. There's only so many ways you can play. Let's, let's go with that. Um, in golf, uh, England's Tommy Fleetwood has won the Nedbank Challenge in Sun City in South Africa. He started the final round six shots off the lead with Carlos 7 under 65 to finish on 12 under bar. He uh, beat Marcus Kinnelt of Sweden in a playoff and it's his first victory since uh, January 2018. It was him up to second in the race to Dubai rankings just under 500 points ahead of Shane Lowry. Potter Carrington finished 20th uh, on one under par there. Um, in the Brazilian Grand Prix that's currently taking place Sebastian Vettel leading that at the moment uh, followed by Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton um, that they're on lap 44 out of 71 I'm always loving that course as well one uh, of my favourites it's nice any bit of scenery there uh, Brazil I just, it's just something about that that course and, and, and that track it's just always I, I was always my favourite playing it on the Playstation as well for whatever reason that's why I love it but um, yeah I haven't seen much of the Formula 1 today or any because we're getting ready for the show but still uh, 26 laps to go there is there much to be said for a big red bench Formula 1 League team thing. like me and you competing like you know every Something Sunday like, like you yeah. know around the globe in our big Red FM cars with uh, Red FM branding on it and like, like, like Red FM.ie and we can advertise all the shows and um, we'd actually have to get Jamie involved there Jamie from the news team because when we went go-karting a couple, oh, of, uh, a couple of months back in the middle of the summer uh, we brought Jamie from the news team along and uh, Jamie was genuinely um, like compared to us he was genuinely like Lewis Hamilton he was that good I think we were just not great but uh, he was incredibly competitive he came out with his own racing suit as you do when you're going go-karting like you know for a half an hour on a Wednesday evening you bring your own racing suit uh, and there's been a t-shirt and shorts because I ran over uh, like uh, he found it somewhere and it just so happened that the fella he had got it from from years ago worked there and um, anyway we all heard the, the story but yeah turned up in his own race suit and a very competitive guy our Jamie so I'll put a proposal together for a uh, Red FM <laughs> Formula 1 team I'm what? sure uh, they'll just budget there for that for next year um, surely surely we'd have a nice team um, racing drivers I'm all for it mechanics the whole lot oh, right before we go on a massive massive tangent let's try and get some structure back in the show and we'll talk about Nemo Rangers who are back in the club at, uh, Monster Club final after beating Austin Sachs of Kerry as Kieran mentioned 217-25 points uh, we're going to hear now from uh, Paul Kerrigan Paul obviously happy with that win yeah um, it's kind of a tricky position draw we probably didn't play our best the last game and nearly all the talk is about them and like a free, sh- free shot and a free hit for them so we came over we wanted to start pretty well you know, we, we felt our intensity was good even though it wasn't on the scoreboard but uh, like it finally came good maybe on the scoreboard for the last 10 minutes of the first half So uh, 217 it's great scoring any day of the week and yeah. all from play yeah I think that's our we spoke over the half time we wanted to like we haven't been getting more I don't think than 13-14 points all year 
really in challenges and league and stuff so we wanted to up that and we did so uh, and, our, and our subs contributed quite well as well yeah, that's a thing because I know you're limited to six subs but they all came on and they all played a part in fairness so. yeah um, I'd say four of them probably have started the championship at some stage this year so they were eager to get on and it's very good to keep them sharp you know six of them especially coming up to Munster final and beyond so um, yeah we're very happy with them and I think two or three of them got on the scoreboard which is good um, you got on the scoreboard yourself yeah. I think you top scored for, for Nemo but um, you can see the difference when, you, when you're back with Cork this was or well maybe you're not trained but the, does this that's, like you were on fire in, in that game like I, I look I know it's a team yeah. game but you, you're a good game as yeah well. as I suppose offensively they, yeah, yeah. We, we spoke about trying to keep up the pitch a bit maybe myself or Luke holding that centre a bit and we, we have a good understanding we, we vary it between us or else we, two of us hold there but um, like I, I mean just look the Newcastle West game was Luke was our top scorer I was our top scorer today and we don't mind once we win so um, it just fell for me this day it fell for him the last day so I'm happy enough to before, before I leave you go uh, Munster final look forward to Clamwell commercials in two weeks um, look I, I no, you wouldn't know a whole, you wouldn't have seen a whole pile about them um, really um, but look, you had them four years ago I think yeah. they pipped you but it's Munster yeah. final isn't it? yeah absolutely we had them in the Munster final they, they beat us we actually played them in challenge game earlier this year so uh, we know a good bit of them they're kind of a lot of I was reading they have a lot of new younger fellas as well so a couple of lads under 24 so like us they're freshening up their team so um, look, we'll do our analysis like we always do and every team was a bit shorter this week because it was only a week and um, we weren't really too sure we were playing but uh, this week will be spent especially the next two three days doing building up the analysis and then we'll focus on ourselves after that Alright that's Paul Kerrigan speaking after Nemo's win today over Austin Stacks 217 to 5 points um, that's uh, a big win uh, for Nemo today Kieran. was it a case that Nemo were very good were Austin Stacks just poor because of the layoff uh, bit of both, uh, although the, you know, the game could have been very, very different in the first 60 seconds, Austin Sachs had two goal chances yeah. um, both through Shane O'Callaghan, I think, but they were stopped uh, on the line um, very well stopped as well by uh, Michal Martinog and uh, Aidan O'Reilly, I think, clearing them off the line, so it, it could have been a different start, but Austin Sachs just it, it was like they just didn't have the interest, even though they have 30 named on the, the team list there. Um, it's hard to get yourself mm. up ready for it, although word was that they had beaten Port Leash in a challenge match last week. They played St. Mary's of Carisavine, a, a second string team um, in the, the last round of yeah. the league, which was a, a dead rubber anyway, um, and won that comfortably. But uh, yeah... two seventeen from play from Nemo today. All their scores coming from play today, which is sensational. I think Austin Stacks made it easier, right. if that makes sense. Um, they weren't fouling, so that's probably why there was no scores from freeze. But like they, they opened, they left so much gaps. There was once or twice where Paul Kerrigan, nobody was marking him whatsoever in the, mm-hmm. the inside the twenty meter line. Um, like you don't see that. It was like a senior team versus a, an intermediate team. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Stacks, but they just weren't at the races at all. And uh, it was disappointing. Like, a game like that doesn't do anything for a team going into a Munster final against uh, Clonmel Commercials who had a good uh, day today um, in their match. But. Yeah, like, Nemo were good in fairness. They got the job done. They did. Uh, Kevin O'Donovan. Doing back at a, a fantastic game. The we the half back line actually uh, all scored before the full forward line. Um, all got on the score sheet, uh, which was interesting, I suppose. But Kevin O'Donovan got a goal, two points. Stephen Cronin, uh, Jack Horgan, they were part of the half back line. They also got on the score sheet. Alan O'Donovan getting a good goal. Uh, Paul Kerrigan, as I mentioned, got five or six points there, top scoring for Nemo. Luke Connolly got on the score sheet once. Uh, Mark Cronin, Barry O'Driscoll scoring twice. And uh, Connor Horgan as well, uh, knocking one over and subs Shane Martin and, and Kieran Dalton. Uh, so good spread of scores, which is always a, a good thing. <laughs> You don't want to be relying on one or two. Like um, Paul mentioned there, Luke Connolly was the top scorer against Newcastle West. Only got on the score sheet once today. He was being uh, marked pretty well. Kieran Donaghy, you'd expect a lot more from maybe, but he was being well marshaled um, and he didn't get a whole pile on the ball. Um, lots of pulling and dragging as well. He looked a very frustrated figure as well. Um just disappointing mm. you know disappointing but then like at the same time Roar, they won their championship in April 
they wouldn't have known they were playing this game until last week. So how much training did they do and how much how prepared were they yeah, exactly? You know, it's it's yeah. it's it doesn't do with the service to the provincial championship I'd say, yeah. Probably. Yeah. All right, we're going to hear now from uh, Paul Donovan Nemo Bus. Yeah, we're delighted. This was uh, once we came out of Cork, that was our goal to try and get back here and uh, in fairness now I know the scoreline probably doesn't reflect how physical the game was and it wasn't the scoreline was doesn't reflect either day for day put in I thought I thought they were tackling hard but all guys were good today in fairness I have to give them full credit today you mentioned that but it's a good score to be putting up anyway it is uh, an all from play if I'm not yeah, mistaken think, yeah. 217 from play and a great spread of scores as well which is good yeah um, is there anything to learn from the match uh, I, I know people were talking about sacks and they hadn't been competitively in so long so maybe the, I know you wouldn't have been expecting you would have expected uh, them to come out a, uh, maybe a bit stronger but was there anything to learn going into a Munster final? Uh, I just think that what we've learned is that we have to play for the hour that was our message mm-hmm. today to just go out and try and um, give everything for the 60 or 65 minutes whatever it was and be competing and be constantly not switch off that was our message today because I suppose we've been accused of doing that in the last couple of matches but the last couple of matches as well we were playing a very good Duhala side who came at us in the second half Newcastle West defended the numbers tackled the numbers much the same as today but I just think today we were a bit more switched on and a bit more clinical today uh, a positive I guess was uh, you got to use a lot of subs as well yeah we got to bring on six subs um, which is good uh, we need those guys and in fairness they've been chomping at the bit ready to go uh, so it was important to get them onto the field as well today they deserve it as well um, Monster final against uh, I think it's Clamel Commercials won by a point I think uh, I know you won't know a whole pile about them but it's a uh, Monster final to, in two weeks or something to prepare for yeah two weeks time um, that's what we'll do now. it doesn't matter who it is whether it's Milton or Clamel or anyone else we need to prepare that it's uh, it's going to be a tough game there's going to be nothing between us they beat us four years ago in the last minute goal so we just need to prepare like it's uh, whoever we're playing Cardiff or anyone else or the Bears or Douglas would you, you know, rather the, the closer game maybe no that that's, not good, that's not good for my heart so that's never the case I'll always take the easy ones it's Paul O'Donovan there uh, speaking after today's win and it is Clamwell commercial that's a repeat of a final from a couple of years back here isn't it uh, yeah 24 15, four years ago in Mallow when Clonmel actually beat them. Mm. Uh, so Clonmel, I'm sure, will have much of the same squad. They'll be, they'll have full confidence that they can beat them again, whereas Nemo will be looking to uh, fix that result, put it right this year. Um, fancy Nemo. But yeah. they, like like Paul said there, they have to play for the 60 minutes. When the, the team you're up against aren't showing a whole pile of interest, maybe it's hard for yourself to show that bit of interest. Yeah. And you're so far ahead and it's pretty obvious they're not going to come back into it um, they just have to keep tuned in for the, mm-hmm. the 60 minutes because they won't get away with that against Clumman Alright, disappointment though for Aerog today in the Munster Club Intermediate Football Championship semi-final losing at the Temple Noah of Kerry 117 to 12 points was how it finished in Ovens today and now we are going to hear from uh, Temple Noah's John Rice Hey John, how are you? Just take a minute for just Red FM if that's alright Yeah, no problem uh, John, you must be ha- delighted with the win today Delighted, delighted, yeah delighted to come up here into Aerog backyard there's always going to be tough but you know we played very well I thought today at kick great scores had a good variety of scorers as well and uh, yeah delighted to be in the Munster final You opened up a kind of a bit of a, a comfortable lead say early on the first half would you say do you know uh, what were the differences you thought in the first half that got you ahead so quickly uh, Or point taking we, yeah we really kicked great scores one after the other I think we had very few wides in the first half even with the wind and uh, great work rate by the team and that was that's what got us over the line you know more of the same in the second half Absolutely, and John, you mentioned good uh, team effort, obviously, but Killian's plan, Stephen O'Sullivan, obviously firing on all cylinders for you today. Yeah, very much so. Stephen had a great game today, but he's he's been coming good of it late. You know, Stephen played with the juniors this year, and uh, you know he's a fine footballer and took his course very well today. What was the message to the players at halftime, John? Just more of the same. You know, we were in comfortable position. We were starting off again. It was a matter of staying on top of them and uh, matching them score for score, and thankfully that's what we did. Yeah, I suppose the late goal really put it to bed, didn't it? Really, the late goal put it to bed. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, you know, it, it was, uh, that was always going to be the crucial score in the game, whether Aero got it or we got it. You know, so it was good that it came in Norway. Yeah, were you happy with how your players performed, John? Good, t- yeah. Tough, windy conditions today. Yeah, no, very happy. We came through good knocks and bruises, good hard championship game, and it'll send us well for the Munster final now. Yeah, how do you feel ahead of the final now, John? Would you feel confident? We'll worry about that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, John Rice there of Temple. No, uh, before Ryan left today uh, to go warm up after freezing himself down in ovens today, uh, I spoke to about the game 
Right, so for more on that game, we're joined now by uh, Ryan Graves, who's just about warmed up after his trip to Ovens, I'd say, have you? Do you know, Roar, can I just, a little precursor before we start here. For a place <laughs> called Ovens, <laughs> I've never been colder. They are, <laughs> the ironically named Ovens. I've never been colder in my entire life. <laughs> um, it's just their road never got going today, did it? No, they didn't at all. Um, yeah, it, it, the first half, they were uh, brutal. Like it, mm. now, I'm not trying to kind of come down on them hard now, but... They were very, very bad. Uh, they were sloppy in possession, giving the ball away all the time. They did get a few chances that if they converted yeah. it, it could have turned it into a game. But the finishing was just so, so poor. Ronan O'Toole in the midfield was probably the only uh, player who turned up for him in the first half. He got actually got mm-hmm. their, the only two points they had at half time. Um, other than that, very sloppy going forward, Roar, and just kind of, like, I, I don't know, just... The, the quality was clearly with Temple Noah, just Aerog, like you say, just didn't get going at all. Obviously then, because they were so far in arrears going into the second half, was always going to be a mountain to climb, but they, they seemed to quit themselves a bit better in the second half, did they? they? They were a lot better in the second half. They actually played a bit of football in the second half, and it's it's funny because final score, 117 to 12 points, like it was an eight-point game in the end. Mm. A 12 point, or sorry, a 10-point lead at halftime. Like, Aerog actually won out the second half outright. Yeah, Aerog turned it on for the second half all right. They brought yeah. it back to an eight-point game in the end, but the damage was done at half-time. That was the problem. It was ten mm. points. It was too much of a mountain for them to climb. I was talking to a few people in the stands at half-time. They were saying, look, like, they can give it a go, but, like, really from here, it's kind of, they're not going to be able to bring it back. Yeah, and they weren't big. at the end. Yeah. Now, it, it's funny because it was an eight-point game in the end. Temple No scored a, a very late goal and it was like it wasn't anything special it was kind of just a kind of a lucky tap in yeah. that doesn't go in it's a five point game and like and, and you know yeah. so it's fine margins like that if you know what I mean but like in the end yeah it was, they, they they had it lost at half time essentially but look it was overall I suppose a positive occasion for um, for Aerog they were able to host the game in their own ground because of the works that they've done uh, to the facility in Ovens there was over 1700 people there I believe today so look it was a good occasion bar the result I guess it was a great occasion and uh, people were out there like there was a, it was packed there was a great crowd out there really good atmosphere mm. the whole way through now not even even in the second half yeah, yeah. like it really really picked up it was great to see there was a lot of Temple No supporters in there as well lot and lot of Aerog a lot of kids running around having a great time there was chip vans and teas and coffees <laughs> on the go like it was a, you know it was a nice yeah, and like yeah. yeah like I know I complained about the cold because I'm, I'm an old softy but uh, like it was a ni- like it was a nice sunny afternoon for it as well yeah. so it was absolutely fine it was a great occasion great for them to host it and it just wasn't their day alright I'll let you get back to a hot water bottle to warm up your feet after that and Ryan, cheers everybody yeah it's uh, Ryan Grace there speaking after uh, today's uh, defeat uh, by Aerog against that temple no going to move on to Camogie now because in the month to minor final Cork beating Tipperary 115 to 111 Kieran's been speaking with manager Jerry Wallace uh, It's a fantastic result today Kieran. Uh, it's a bit of history for Cork Camogie today uh, the minor title the All-Ireland and the Munster title have been claimed by the girls uh, the Cork team were fantastic today losing the match at half time um, 8 points to 4 and we came back and we won by 4 114 to 110 Kieran. fantastic game yeah, obviously four points in it at the end, one fifteen to one eleven. How it finished? Um, he came, whatever, whatever he said at halftime worked. Uh, I didn't say much at halftime. The players kind of gave out to each other, and so there. Okay. I, I, I can't actually say what I said there, Kieran. But all I can <laughs> I say can is imagine. that they responded, like the girls responded, and uh, we got the grips with tip all over the field, and um, we have huge respect for them. But it was our day, Kieran. Mm. Um, fantastic effort out of everyone. A lot of the girls moving on out of minor now, Kieran. Dave. They're moving on with two all our medals in their uh, in back pockets, and hopefully we'll see them in intermediate and senior panels going forward. And then we had a uh, eight or nine girls today today play, and they'll be eligible for next year. You know, they'll be last year minors next year, so it is wonderful. Like you know, you've built a pretty formidable outfit over the last two years, anyway. We're a strong unit. We've we've we worked very hard, and uh, everyone is close knit and. Uh, we, we we have a big group of girls working all the time together. Um, even behind us today, there we had I think seven or eight girls out of the seventeen that didn't make this year's minor all Ireland panel, but are eligible for next year. But they were along today as well. So we're building for the future all the time, and um, they have to you know they're, they're they're putting it in and they're they're getting the results and they're fantastic uh, to work with Kieran and mm-hmm. the standard of play and the scores that were scored today in the second half were wonderful. Like. 
Yeah, like, I don't want to be cliched about it, but, like, Camogie is in a good place in, in Cork. Underage, certainly, um, like you mentioned there, Cork uh, Camogie winning the under-16 minor junior intermediate and senior Munster championships uh, this year, but we saw with the the, the Fela and, and SARS and everything um, most recently as well. So it, it's pretty good place. Fierce place altogether, fierce good. Like, I mean, it was just a small blip this year, maybe at senior, like yeah. Paddy Murray's back again. He's going to be driving around for next year. There might be girls from my panel go in there now, or in around intermediate. You know, the, the work that's been done around the clubs is fantastic because if it wasn't, we wouldn't be having these girls coming in at underage and then into the minor group. Like, um, there was fantastic performances there today out of every, every one of them that started and the girls that came on. And even everyone that was involved around the panel today, it was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic, Kieran. Yeah, and, and a great day for Cork, and a great day for the Cork supporters. So. Certainly. Yeah. And uh, look, I, I know the, the All-Ireland comes before the Provincial Championship in the this grade. Um, is a bit of rest now before back into it for next year? Um, only a short break this year. Like, there was a little bit of a difficulty with this Monster Championship that's mm-hmm. normally finished in July. Yeah. So that wasn't our issue. That was an issue with another unit of the Munster Association. Um, we had to just go along with the rules of the game and the association. And we took care of our business against Limerick. We took care of, of Clare in the semi-final. And Tipperary had beaten us twice, Kieran, over yeah. the year. They'd beaten us in the All-Ireland Series earlier in the group stage. They beat us in the first round of the Munster. So we were looking for this uh, this game today and we were you know we were hoping for and we got the victory that we, 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 we well deserved great credit to their parents to their grandparents to their brothers sisters and everyone involved with them you're on mm-hmm. these girls have had a long season starting way back last uh, December yeah. so there's great credit due to them it wasn't um, our fault that we had to you know be prolonged but we, we, we stuck to our task and we've delivered Cork and the Cork community of the GA both all games another another monster title to join an All Ireland title, so it was fantastic. Yeah, you certainly didn't need any motivation going into the game today, as you mentioned, having been beaten by Tipperary. Um, no, we, we we didn't because, like the girls, in fairness to them, we spoke after the Clare match in the semi final, and the girls, each and every one of them, from our captain Hannah O'Leary right through to everyone on the panel, they all bought in for the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. The, the discipline of you know a non professional athlete at that age you know, looking to try and get success. Great credit to them all yeah. because they did everything we asked them to do. They participated in all the training and all the other activities that we were involved in and they turned up today in the second half. Um, we were nervous in the first half. That that's our way, but we're we're like a good race horse here on. We come down the home straight and that's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, look, uh, Jerry Wallace, manager of the Cork Minor Camogie Team, Munster champions for uh, 2019. Thanks very much for joining us on the bench. Thanks, Kieran. Take care of yourself, and many thanks to Red FM for the support that they give Cork Camogie. And thank you indeed, Jerry. That's Jerry Wallace there after the Cork Miners winning the Camogie final against Tipperary today. One fifteen to one eleven was how that finished. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk to Cork's latest All Star, Melissa Duggan, picking up her first award. And uh, we're also going to preview Ireland and Denmark and look back at ten years of uh, Thierry Henry's handball. The big red bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Well, it was a good night for Cork at the TG Car Ladies Football All-Stars last night as they picked up three awards. Zero Oaks, 15-year-old Imro Donovan honoured as the Munster Young Player of the Year. Two All-Star winners, the 16th year in a row that players from the Rebel County have been honoured by the scheme. Kinsale's Orla Finn claiming her second All-Star, having last one in 2016. Well, Donny's 23-year-old Melissa Duggan picked up her first award after being nominated for a third year in a row. Melissa Duggan spoke to Colleen Duffy at last night's awards at City West. Melissa, awards are always special be the team awards or individual awards but to pick up an all-star a very special night for yourself yeah I'm, I'm, I'm stuck for words to be honest like this is my third year being nominated and to get to become an all-star it's just a fantastic achievement not only for myself but for my family Do you know my family have been here three times in a row and time here as you said sitting there and when you're waiting for possibly your name to be called out you had experience the last few years but for it actually to be called out this year fantastic yeah it's it's the most nerve-wracking thing i've ever done to be honest you know i was sitting there 
and I was I was just sick. I just didn't know how it would go, you know, because I was up against two fantastic players, one from Dublin, one from Mayo, and you know they both equally deserved and also as much as I did. But when I when I heard my name being called out, you know, I was absolutely delighted. And I think I I I the first thing I did was I hugged my mother because you know she's been supporting me quite from under 14, under 16, under 18. She's driven me all all over the country just to make matches. And you know this is a night for 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 my parents as much as for myself. Yeah. Not too often it's just two all stars for Cork yourself and Arla Finn. Obviously the Munster Young Player of the Year as well went to Cork. So three awards here tonight. Maybe a smaller hall than usual, but you know that's a good kick up the backside for 2020 now. You know it is like you know 2020 is all about you know uh, ladies Gaelic football, ladies sports. You know I think this the the Gael, ladies LGFA has put a lot of emphasis into next year in promoting the sport in broadcasting more matches and everything like that. That's Melissa Duggan there uh, speaking after winning her first All-Star last night. Congratulations indeed to her and uh, and imagine celebrations continuing in today because that's a phenomenal achievement uh, for Donnies to have an All-Star uh, amongst their ranks and congratulations as well to Kinsale's Orla Finn picking up her second award last night. So not a bad night in, uh, in all for, for Cork. Dublin do- nominate, or dominating last night here with seven uh, wins. Uh, seven players on that All-Star team but still considering the year Cork had to have two All-Stars not a bad uh, return I suppose not bad and actually if I can find it there was a Young Player of the Year for a Cork player as well um, bum, 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 bum. oh yes here Emer O'Donovan um, of Airog uh, also won a young, Munster Young Player of the Year as well so uh, congratulations Emer as well yeah, indeed. All right, England are still in action against uh, Kosovo in their European qualifier, and they now lead by two goals. Still, Harry came with the second just a couple of minutes ago, 82 minutes on the clock there for England. All right, Ireland-Denmark tomorrow night. Must-win game for the boys in green in their European Championship qualifier.
qualifier uh, Mick McCarthy putting the finishing touches uh, at today's training session um, so it's going to be a big big game for the boys in green tomorrow night but can they do it that is the big question Shane Duffy will captain Ireland tomorrow night because Seamus Coleman is out through suspension but Mick was in flying form in his uh, pre-match press conference this morning and the 5-1 defeat to Denmark a couple of years ago Mick is that featuring in your team talk or will it feature in your team talk just for an extra bit of, pe- extra bit of motivation the next day well un- until you've just mentioned it I hadn't given it any thought and it wouldn't be something I'd be speaking about to be honest really? no why would I mm. I think some of the players who played in that game might feel a bit, a bit more motivation in terms of we drew in Denmark and yeah. played played well in Denmark and actually could have won it in the end so I'd, I'd prefer to speak about that and the positive side of things rather than remind anybody of a negative mm. I, I, I can't imagine that in, in your life that if somebody keeps bringing up the negative stuff that you've done helps you be any better than you can be yeah it's going to be a sellout uh, tomorrow what role do you think the fans can play well always the fans have got a great role to play and sellouts have been wonderful over the years there's been some big evenings, haven't there? Lansdowne Road, the Aviva. So uh, I'm hoping they're going to create a great atmosphere. I'm sure they will. Just but that's down to us as well to help them create that atmosphere. Sure. Just finally for me, did you learn anything from the Denmark-Gibraltar game the last night? Uh, no, absolutely nothing. I learned that Gibraltar played a lot better than they did against us defending, that's for sure. All the games you've played over, over the years, do you still get the excitement you got before the Iran game, the Holland game, that sort of thing? Yeah, I've I've woken up this morning with the uh, the butterf- butterfly with the boots on this morning. I can, it's it's the day before the big game, and I'm pleased about that. To be honest with you, um, yeah, the uh, that that nice feeling getting ready for a game. But you know, it's the big games coming now. It's uh, this is the last part of the preparation. It's uh, I enjoy that feeling. Yeah. Do, do they get bigger the further on you get in your career? Well, they don't get any less, that's for sure. No, not at all. And um, um, Do they get any bigger? I don't, it's, it's, it's the most... It's, it's the one that you're playing in that's the biggest one, isn't it? So this this is it. And uh, I hope I'm going to have a bigger one in July and the bigger games when we're playing in the European Championships. Uh, but for now, this is the biggest one. Is it just a case for the players of not leaving anything out there, coming off with no regrets? Well, I don't think uh, I don't think the players ever leave. You know, they don't. They, uh, sorry, they leave everything on the pitch for me. This, that, for, for us, for Ireland, they give everything they've got. I've never questioned ever for that. Um, and I guess yeah, we never want to come off a pitch regretting not playing as well or run as far as hard. But I'd never accuse any of our lads of that. They're brilliant. Yes. Hello, my Hello. name is Andreas from Danish National Radio. Uh, two national teams playing each other six times in two years. That's quite rare. Uh, how is it to play a, a team you know that well as a national coach? Well, this is only my second, don't forget. I know, uh, uh, I think Hagi Aride, he said he was slightly, uh, he'd, he'd had enough of playing against Ireland, and he? he said, uh, I won't repeat what he actually said because you all know. Um, that's not the case with me that's it's just my second game and I thoroughly enjoyed the first game in Copenhagen I thought it was a really good game uh, I thought Denmark shaded it certainly for uh, a bit of the game most of the game but towards the end we we could have won it having equalised I'm looking forward to the game I'm not I'm not cheesed off playing against Denmark no I thought it was a great game in Copenhagen I'm looking forward to t- tomorrow night well the Irish team you have to win tomorrow um, the Irish team hasn't done that against the Danes the last five times. What honestly makes you believe that you can do it tomorrow? See, I, I always, when people tell me that, oh, we haven't beaten somebody for so many times. Well, I always believe it's about time we did. And I think that's that's the, the mentality that I try and instill into everybody else. Just because it hasn't happened before doesn't mean it's not going to happen again. You know, there's, uh, there's loads of places being flooded in England at the minute. They've never been flooded before. They are because it's been raining a lot. So I, I honestly believe, there's, there's, you know, been, if, you, if you cover football, you cover sport, that results happen. And results happen for a reason, whether it's, it's us that's more motivated, it's us that fancy the game more, there's us that 
stop your team playing that your team doesn't play as well you know I, I just think that for us and always there's a big performance in us that can that we can win a game and we drew in Denmark and you know you had a few chances but nevertheless uh, it was a great performance and a great result for us I don't believe it I might as well go home and I'm not going home anytime soon uh, Live Rasmussen from Jutland Funen News in Denmark. Good morning. Morning. Uh, it's often said that the Danish players are better technical than the Irish. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you agree? Often said by whom? By the Danes. <laughs> well, I know. Well, that might tell you something, eh? Yeah. Self-praise is no praise, I'm afraid. So you're not and bring your thoughts about that. I'm not bothered. If I sat here and said I was better than everybody else, you wouldn't believe me, would you? So, I don't... Uh, it, it doesn't concern me, that. People's opinions don't concern me. Because it's it's on the day. Yeah, you can be you can be better for all the time round. I've seen a lot of cup finals. I know, I was a... I was a big Leeds fan as a kid. I remember watching that one against Sunderland, and it was an absolute shoo-in. It was not going to. Sunderland couldn't win. Guess what? It did. And then all the games subsequently that I've seen or been involved in, when teams shouldn't win, they've got better players, they've got a better squad, they've got a better manager, everything's in their favour, and they get slapped. Well, that's what I'm hoping will happen tomorrow. Yes, Mick McCarthy there in flying form with the uh, media at the uh, press conference today at uh, training ahead of tomorrow's game with Denmark at the Aviva Stadium 7.45 uh, for that one. Of course, uh, Ireland have to win tomorrow uh, to uh, qualify for Euro 2020 automatically. Are they going to do it, Kier? They they haven't done too bad against um, Denmark, really. So mm. I think that there's every... Every chance, yeah. It'll be, interesting. It'll be interesting to see Mick McCarthy's team selection uh, tomorrow yeah. night. I mean, like, um, I suppose his hand might have been played by uh, the Denmark or the team that played New Zealand on Thursday. Mick basically saying whoever starts that game isn't going to start on Monday. But then you had the likes of like Sean Maguire putting his hand up for selection. You had Callum Robinson putting his hand up for selection. You had uh, Adam Brown looking very, very solid indeed. Um, so there's a number of players pulling their hand up for selection after that game as well and uh, Troy Parrott of course as well uh, Jack Byrne who looks like a, a quality player looks well at home in an Ireland shirt um, you'd imagine he's probably going to go with the likes of Whelan, Hendrick and McLean instead of the likes of Maguire and Robinson and, and Brown but um, like and it, as Mick, Mick, Mick always says, like he he you kinda, he doesn't change his team around too much, so you kind of know what's going to uh, uh, you kind of know what's going to happen tomorrow night. Like you mentioned he, who he'll probably go with because he'll consider him safe or whatever he's gone with them before. But a lot of them are some of those aren't performing. Mm. Um, why not give the fellas who are? Uh, an opportunity. It's too big a gamble. I think Nick is probably too conservative a manager to make such sweeping changes going into a game that has such massive significance as the, the game does tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, Denmark obviously favourites to win tomorrow night. Ireland, um, they have a chance. I think is probably the best way of saying it. As Nick said, they drawn Denmark played well, could have won the game. No reason why they can't do that tomorrow. Yeah, but I, I still think. Look, yeah, it's safe. You don't want to uh, take a uh, a bit of a chance on fellas, mm. but. When other when the guys he'll probably go with aren't performing, I, I can't understand why you you think they're going to perform, you know, out of the blue. Um, I th- you know that's what it should be about who's performing in training. That's who you should be picking a team on. We look, he he could go with maybe one or two. Maybe I don't know. He did say all right that he wasn't going to, but um, I suppose we'll just uh, wait and see. Yeah, England now four 0 up uh, away to Kosovo. Harry Winks, Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, Mason Mount with the goals uh, there for England. That's in time added on. Um, elsewhere at the Brazilian Grand Prix, Max Verstappen has just uh, crossed the line to take the checker flag in the Red Bull. So Max Verstappen has won uh, the uh, Brazilian Grand Prix. Uh, Pierre Gasly in the Toro Rosso finishing second what a result that is and Lewis Hamilton is uh, finished has finished in, in third place and at the ATP finals uh, Stefano Tsitsipas 4-3 up on Dominic team in the opening set alright just before we wrap up it's been 10 years since the most infamous 
handball in history. Thierry Henry's handball for France in extra time against Ireland in Paris. Where were you, Kieran? Where did you watch it? Where do you remember seeing it? I, I, I thought you might ask me this, so I started trying to think. I can't for the life of me remember. I was watching it, but I can't for the life of me remember where I was watching yeah. it. Um, and thinking it was a dream or something that I know he'll, you know, he'll get this right, whatever yeah. the referee, and he'll uh, he'll uh, sort it out. But it didn't happen. It was the end of that referee, actually. Um, yeah, I think he was yeah. he was gone off all those panels then. But I can't remember where I was. Just remember thinking it, that this didn't just happen. Yeah. Something so blatantly obvious. Um, I was watching at home with a group of friends, but I was also um, doing reports into our talk show here. Uh, it used to be at night time. Cork Talks Back used to be on at night time here. So I was linking in with the, the talk show, giving reports. And I remember being live on air at the time, down the phone, um, when I saw Thierry Henry, like, you know, um, handle the ball. And I flew into a massive, massive rage. I wish I had that audio. Um, but um, it's hard to believe it's been 10 years since then. Um, some of the reaction around the time was really, really interesting when I was researching it today. Um, Kevin Doyle was interviewed afterwards, um, straight after the game, and this was uh, his response. The replay of it, and you know, what can you say? Um, it's not a hand down by the side or anything like that. It's an obvious handball. Um, a bit of a ref not seeing it. The linesman had a bit as good a view as anyone on the pitch. It's, it's embarrassing seeing it afterwards. Has Thierry Henry's reputation been tarnished by this? I mean, he's a gentleman in the sport. A lot of people admire him. He's a likeable guy. Has his reputation been damaged? You know, it's just instinctive on his behalf. You know, if he can get away with it, but it's that obvious that he should, I'm, I'm sure he expected the free straight away. Um, you know, the referee's not far away. The linesman is, is looking straight across, and I'm sure he's just done it instinctively. Um, you know, he, he doesn't think about that split second beforehand, and you know, should should have been should have been caught. You know, um, you know, I don't blame him as much as, as how how it's not seen. To be honest, Do you remember the outrage afterwards, though, and there was calls for the game to be replayed. Ireland to be the 33rd team in the World Cup. It was it was major headline news for ages. Got five million off the the back of it. Was it five million? I think. Yes, yeah. I might have got, but. Um, yeah, it was serious, serious news. But I think everyone was. A lot of people were laughing at Ireland looking to be the, the you know this added team into the the World Cup and that. Um, it, it was a crazy time, actually. You know, it, it was uh, just mad that it happened. Um, and even uh, was it. It wasn't Kilban, it was Richard Dunn sat down mm. beside him after the game and looked like they were chatting. I'd love to know what they were chatting about. I know Dunn did come out and say, oh, he said this or whatever, but I'm sure there was a bit more to it than whatever Dunn had come out and said. But yeah. Yeah, it was a very, very interesting time. Um, this was uh, Shay Given, who was, of course, on goal that night. This was him ram, uh, reminiscing about it on the. Uh, reminiscing might be the wrong word here, but uh, recalling it on the Ray Darcy show a few years back. I was just in shock. I was actually, I was actually looked to the referee just to take a take a free kick because it was that blatant, you know? As, as Jim Beglin says in the commentary, it, w- it wasn't one handball. He, he sort of had it with his forearm and then he pulled it back in with, with his left hand. It was a double handball and it was it was so blatant. It was like, I'm taking a free kick. I looked up and the rest pointed to the halfway line. Oh my god, you're joking! I looked at the linesman; he's running to the half and I'm like, I'm no way, this is not happening. And then I was, I was just, I was just going handball, handball. You, you, you're joking; you have to be seeing this, and it was just madness because we thought then there was a big kerfuffle after they might get a replay and all this kind of stuff. But I suppose everyone knows in sport, the referee's decision is final, and it was a tough pill to swallow because you know we've lost out in such another major yeah. big World Cup. Yeah, that was Shea Givens' reaction. Roy Keane was the Ipswich manager uh, at the time, and he was obviously asked about it in, in one of his pre-match press conferences afterwards. And it is um, vintage Roy Keane. Well, about Henri's handball, yeah, of course he handled it, but I'd focus on why didn't they clear it. I'd be more annoyed with my defenders and my goalkeeper than, than Thierry Henry. How can you leave a ball bounce in the six-yard box? How can you let Thierry Henry get goal side of you? And if the ball bounce in the six-yard box, I'd be saying, where, where the hell is my goalkeeper? But having handled the ball, do you feel the integrity of the game has been damaged? No. No, not one bit. You know, you, you look over the course of the campaign, Ireland had the chances in the two games. They never took it in the first game, they never performed. Um, I heard a few interviews after the games where the manager was speaking about none of the players got booked. Maybe that was a problem, they should have got booked in the first game because we stood up France. In the second half we had opportunities to score and we didn't take it. But usual Irish FBI, re, you know, reaction. We've been robbed. The honesty, of the game. 
It was one of the group matches, I'm sure it was Georgia, where Ireland got a penalty. It was one of the worst decisions I've ever seen from one of their defenders, which changed the whole course of the game. I think I think Robbie scored a penalty and Ireland went on to win it. I don't remember the FAI after the game saying we should give him a replay. Well, the FAI are, are asking for the game to be replayed now. What was Who? John Delaney? He's on about the honesty and type. I wouldn't take any notice of that man. Really? No. So people, people forget the last time Ireland in the World Cup, 2002. People seem to forget what was going on in that World Cup, and that man's on about honesty. I was one of the players, he didn't, he didn't have the courtesy to ring me. He got interviewed and all he said was, I don't know where he is, he's on the island. He's on the island somewhere, I think. I've been involved in Ireland since I was 15 years of age. And that man didn't have the decency even to make a phone call. But he knew where to contact you? He could have phoned me, of course he could have. Try my hotel room. <laughs> yeah, you can laugh. That was the World Cup. Yes. And he's on about the honesty of the game. Well, well that's what they're saying, the game is was important so should an exception be made and should it be replayed because there was there was should have cleared it it should have cleared it should have cleared the bomb he's not wrong Uh, no I agree with him 100% all the players at the time stopped looked at it looked for the handball and just let it happen but also the free kick never should have gotten to Henry head should have been gotten on it and should have been cleared he's he's not wrong like Uh, like, actually if, if you're in the same position uh, and you want to, sc- you need to score or whatever. You're going to do it. You don't, you don't care about the other country. You don't care if it's right. If you can get away with it, you will. Yeah. No one will come out and openly say that. But at the end of the day, you will. Yeah. You know. Look, it's just interesting to look back at it 10 years on to look back at the outrage and to look back at all the, the anger that was there towards Thierry Henry, who is generally um, regarded as one of the game's nice guys. Uh, yeah, he's after taking over in Canada now as well. Is he? Uh, yeah, he's after taking over uh, a team up in Canada in the last week, I think it is. So uh, he's off over there now. I won't see him much on TV anymore. Uh, but yeah, he's a nice enough guy. But uh, yeah, that's not mm. so nice for a few weeks after yeah, that. Yeah, just going to hear briefly from Alex Ferguson, who was asked about it. Well, my thoughts were with Trapattoni, I must admit. That was my main thought. It's the thought that he's, he's prepared a team up for a magnificent performance by them. He couldn't ask for better for, for my coach, and he it's taken away from him. But um, it happens, you know. It's, it's denied a couple of other players in that great experience of playing a World Cup final. You can't get a better experience than that. And this was uh, Arsene Wenger's reaction. France, and it's embarrassing to qualify the world. It raises a lot of problems. The first of all. Uh, I believe, of course, it's embarrassing. Uh, I'm, I support France, and it's embarrassing to uh, qualify the way we qualified. And uh, it raises many issues. First of all, I believe uh, the biggest one is how can football sort out this kind of problems? Yeah, so Arsene Wenger is to blame for VAR, basically. Getting, getting more it's time. all getting his fault more, more. you worked up every week and oh. uh, like someone had a great Twitter comment it's a VAR standing for very angry Rory yeah that is exactly me it's all VAR's fault alright that was uh, our kind of just to look back on uh, 10 years since the Thierry Henry handball uh, thanks very much for tuning our way this evening we're back next Saturday from 6 and um, podcast online shortly redextra.ie John the rest of your Sunday night folks Alan Donovan's up next with Green Red. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.